return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. The rest of us, let's stand up with our Bibles. Amen. Pastor has been talking about hope and we get our hope from the Word, right? And it's our anchor. But you know, if we have the anchor in the boat, the boat's going to keep sailing. So if we have our Bible, we just put it up on our shelf and we never read it, well, we're still going to go astray, right? But when we open the Word, it's like dropping the anchor in the water and we stay safe, we stay secure. So repeat after me, say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same, never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. I like doing that, Deb's talked a lot about declarations. And uh, this is a declaration, amen, when we say this every Sunday morning, it's a declaration that we are ready to receive from what the Lord uh, wants us to receive. Hallelujah. So this morning, I titled my message, Who Am I? And uh, it's going to be focused a lot around our identity, amen. And how many knows that identity, being, being able to identify with someone or something is important to have an identity, Amen. And uh, that's why, you know, if, if your social security number gets out, there's identity fraud. Amen. Somebody wants to live like you, wants to be you. But uh, there's right now a lot of the devil wants to commit identity fraud in our life. Amen. He wants to take away, strip away who we are so we're not recognizable. Um, and not, he wants us not to know that our identity can be and is in Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's how he wants to deceive us, is by saying, well, you have no hope, you have no identity, uh, why are you here? Amen. And uh, we serve a God that is a God of, you know, he is our identity. Amen. We get our identity from him. And I want to talk more specifically about where our identity lies. And so the first thing I want to do, um, if we have the sound as well, we're going to show just a short clip from the movie Overcomer. Who has seen Overcomer? And uh, there's a part that I really enjoy, so let's watch this here real quick. Sean, if I asked you who you are, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I'm a basketball coach. And if that's stripped away? Well, I'm also a history teacher. Okay. We take that away. Who are you? Well, I'm a husband, I'm a father. And God forbid, that should ever change. But if it does, who are you? I don't understand this game. It's not a game, man. Who are you? Um, 
I'm a white American male. <laughs> yeah, well, that's for sure. <laughs> Is there anything else? Well, I'm a Christian. And what's that mean? It means follower of Christ. And how important is that? It's very important. Interesting. All right, so far down your list. Okay, wait a minute. I could have easily said Christian first. Hey, yeah, but you didn't. Look, John. Your identity will be tied to whatever you give your heart to. Man. Hallelujah. There's a lot of different good, great quotes from that movie. Um, but that one I thought was so relevant, um, especially today when you have so many things going on in the world. Um, even with Christians, Christians are getting more and more busy outside of uh, the church or outside of um, their spiritual walk, right? Um, you know, I, I can attest to that with four kids. We, we get busy, right? And what the devil wants to do is he wants to say, well, you're too busy to read or you're too busy to go to church or to watch online or you're too busy to do these things, so just don't do them. And one thing that, why that hurts the body of Christ is when we stop doing those things, we stop understanding who we are in Christ. Amen? Um, when we can dig into the Word and we, can, and we can go through and see who God has called us to be and what He says about us, um, then we get this identity crisis in our life. So we stop identifying with God, we stop identifying with Jesus, and we start to identify with other things that are busy in our life. We start to identify, identify with sports, or we start to identify with just a religious church or a program or whatever. Um, some people, when they get really down or depressed, they start to identify with alcoholism, or they start to identify... Uh, with sex, or they start to identify with drugs, or, you know, if somebody's really famous and rich, they maybe identify with how much money they have, right? And the devil likes that. He wants us to identify, because if we're identifying with those things, we don't really know who our identity lies, where our identity lies, and we don't know who we are. Uh, you have a lot of athletes that make millions of dollars throughout their career, and at the end, of their playing career, maybe in two years, they're completely broke. And, uh, and so all the things that they identified with, they identified with sports or the team they played for, or how good they were, and then they identify with their success and their money. And when that's all stripped away, there's no identity for them. There's a reason why you don't hear much about athletes um, after their playing days um, because they have no identity. If they lose everything that they had, there's no identity uh, in their life. Uh, one thing I, I love to see is um, athletes that, that leave their profession and come to Jesus or, or were saved when they were playing and are still loving Jesus. Randall Cunningham, he was a, a quarterback for the Vikings years ago. He's a pastor of a church now. You know, he, he knew who he was. He found his identity in Christ. And he didn't have to uh, lose everything once he left the sport. Amen? The Lord was able to, he was able to be used by the Lord, be a vessel for the Lord. And now he's teaching others about the gospel. And a lot of 
pro athletes, ex-pro athletes, coaches go to that church down in Texas where he's at. I think it's, or wait, actually, I think it's in Las Vegas. I think he's actually a pastor in Las Vegas. So people go there and they, they understand um, and they get filled up with the word. Amen. And, uh, and so my question is, who are you? Amen. Who do we identify with? What's, where, is Christ, where is a relationship with Jesus on our list? Amen. Is it at the top of our list? If, uh, if somebody were to say uh, about me, what's one thing that um, you can tell me about, about Randon? You know, I hope what, what, what is said is, well, he, he loves Jesus. Okay? And uh, that's all done by my actions and how I present myself and how many people I tell about Jesus. And if I'm sold out for him. Amen. But I love Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. I also have other things. I'm a basketball coach. Right. Um, I'm a father. I'm a husband. Like they were saying in the clip. Um, But I want the number one thing that people see when they talk about me or when they they say, who is that? Oh, he's the one who talks about Jesus. Amen. Amen. And uh, I've been put in a great position with just our, our sixth grade players. So I coach sixth grade boys basketball, and I've coached them through first grade. So I've had them for six years. And uh, every time there's an injury, anything, I'll always say, hey, can I pray with you? Can I pray for you for that? And some kids say no, um, but I'll pray for them, you know, under my breath. Other kids will say yes. Um, coaches, I've prayed with coaches before on back issues and different things. And uh, I do it because I, I care about them and I want them to get better. But also what happens, the effect of that is they know, okay, this guy, you know, he, he loves Jesus. There's something about this guy. He has authority, you know, especially when there's a healing that happens or whatever. And that's what I want people to know about me. And I think that's what you all want people to know you for. Amen? Amen. amen? We want people to know us for who we um, who we uh, who we serve, Amen. Uh, there's a, there's a scripture that says evil company corrupts good habits, Amen. So if you have a group of friends that aren't aren't good for you, and uh, no matter how good of a person you are, um, you're going to be identified with that group of people, right? If you're always hanging out, if you're always doing things together, whatever. If we always are talking about Jesus and and hanging out with Jesus, Amen then we're going to be identified by who we're with, who we're surrounding ourselves with, okay? So being here is good because you meet other people that are in one mind, amen, that love Jesus too, and then they can say, oh, okay, they're, they're a part of that group, amen. Not church, I didn't say church, but we have obviously out in the world, there's some of you that maybe work together or go to school together or different things, and we can be unified out in the world. And so many times we identify ourselves um, by where we work, by where we go to church, um, or who our family is, right? But when we get down to it, if we're a believer in Christ, we should first identify as a follower of Christ. And that's what I want, and that's what he was getting at in that clip there, right? Is what's, when, when, when it comes to mind, who am I? Um, where am I putting my identity? Where am I putting all my faith and my time and my effort? Amen. And a relationship takes, takes effort. So having a relationship with the Lord... We put in time. We put in work. Amen. We, we spend time in the Word. We spend time fasting and praying. Um, you know, we don't want... I think we have Tuesday fasting every month, but we don't want it to become just this humho thing that we do every month. 
But we want it to some, want it to mean something, amen. When we have communion here, it's not just something. Okay, it's it's um, the Bible says to do it, so we're just going to do it. But we're not going to put any effort into it. No, we we do it because we remember. Oh yeah, Jesus died on the cross. You know, this is his body. This is his blood that he spilled for us, so that I could have eternal life, that I could live eternally with him in heaven, amen. So everything we do, we do for a purpose, right? And I feel like this is an important topic just because. Uh, Pastor Dave had those statistics for the youth. I've seen other statistics that that are affecting um, and and uh, have with our youth, but this extends beyond the school district. I mean, this extends. Youth learn it from some place, some place, right? Amen. And I'm not saying that you know, um, you know, whatever. God was a perfect parent, and his and his children went astray. But you have a lot of adults out there in the world, especially not Christians, that um, are lost as well. That they don't have an identity as well. Amen. Um, you have some that are Christians that don't have an identity. Right. And so this is just becoming a bigger thing. And as we go get towards the end, when Jesus comes back, it's going to be more and more. Amen. Uh, the devil knows his time is short. And he's going to do what he can to take as many people down with him, amen? And so us as a body of Christ, amen, all around the world, we, we take these things and we take the word and we take it at face value so that we can go out and we can say, no, you don't, your identity doesn't have to be in this. It can be in Jesus Christ. Amen. You can find peace in Jesus Christ. Amen. You can find hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. There's an identity crisis in our country and in our world. And I don't just mean sexual identity although that's a big thing right now, but I mean finding identity in alcohol, finding it in drugs, finding it in sex. Amen? We have a, we're, we're called to a higher calling than sometimes we believe we are. Amen? Sometimes we can feel insecure or we can feel inferior or inadequate about what we've been called to do, but, and I think, I'm, I can't remember, I think I have it in here, uh, but Jeremiah said that he formed him, and he knew him, and he, and he had, had a plan for him and a purpose for him before he was even born. He has a plan and he has a purpose for each of us before we were even born, and he has a calling for us. Amen. People have lost their sense of purpose. Albert's talked about this before, and I think the way he said it was, the most pathetic person on earth is somebody without a purpose, Right? When we don't have a purpose, uh, really, when we don't have a purpose, the, the devil wants to tell us, well, what's the reason for living? He wants to tell us, well, why are you here? There's no reason for you to be here. No, but we have a purpose, amen? We have a purpose that Jesus ordained for us before we were even born, before we were on this earth. We could also have an identity in a certain sports team or a church. You know, some of these seem like, some of these are blue-collar things, some of these are white-collar things. Pastor Dave always talks about blue-collar sins and white-collar sins. Things that are like, oh, we, we kind of turn our nose up at, and then other things are like, oh, well, it's okay. But where is our identity? When someone thinks of you, or when someone thinks of the gospel in the town, or the church, does your name come up? That's an identity, right? How do people think of you? How do you think of yourself? So today I want to talk about our identity, our identifying with Christ. So let's first go to Genesis 1.26. And this will be our, kind of our verse that we're going to keep going back to. 
The Bible said, then God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our own image, according to our likeness, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God. He created them, male and female, he created them. I like what Bill Vanderbush has said about this verse in the past. He said, when God made creation, he spoke to the environment, and the fish and the animals came out of that environment. When God made us, he spoke to himself. And we came out of God. Amen? That's our environment. That's, you know, if we think of fish, I don't think of being up on a mountain. Now, when I think of a fish, I think of being in the water, right? When I think of cattle, I think of valleys and, and plains and hills and different things like that. So when people think of us, they immediately should go to Jesus. Amen? Because we were, that was the environment we were created out of. Amen? We want to be thought of, our environment was the Godhead. Amen? We are going to take a little time on this verse because I think there's a lot to unpack with it. So first God said, let us make man. <clears throat> so that's just, the first, that's just the first part. Let us make man. Only the Godhead can tell you who you are because he made you. Amen? He didn't, he didn't put the assignment to make man on somebody else like he did with Adam to name the animals. No, he took it upon himself and he said, we're going to make man. Amen? And he knows us the best because he made us. And the world can't tell you who you are. Your family can't tell you who you are. Your boss can't tell you or your friends can't tell you who you are. Amen. Only the one and only Jesus Christ can tell you who you are. Amen. So we know if, if we see ourselves positively and we have positive thoughts about ourselves, those are from God. If we have thoughts that are negative or low self-esteem thoughts or things that... that uh, you know, disgust us, we know that's, that's from the devil, right? Because God's going to tell us good things about ourselves. Yeah, he's going to correct us. The Holy Spirit corrects us and he does things and he wants us to live a better life. As Pastor Kevin said, always said, um, you know, he, he, he loves you for, or he loves you how you are, but he loves you enough not to keep you that way. Amen? But he's going to, he's going to tell you things to encourage you and to build you up. Right? You know, there's two, it's kind of like there's two different kinds of coaching. One kind of coaching is to break down their players and to tell them how bad they are and to yell at them and to scold them to make them play better. There's another kind of coach that encourages his players, helps correct them and guide them, and always has a positive attitude about his players and says, you're going to get it next time. I mean, that's the kind of coach God is to us. Amen. He's, a, he's an encourager. He wants to encourage us. Amen. Yes, sometimes that happens through rebuke and different things. Sometimes we'll hear something in a message and we'll be like, ooh, I'm not, I'm not walking that way right now. But it's all out of love. Amen. He loves us. He wants the best for us. Let's go to Psalm 139. So God made us. They made us in His image according to their likeness. And Psalm 139.14 says, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, so that my soul, soul knows very well. So not only did he make us, but he made us fearfully, and he made us wonderfully. According to one translation or translator I saw of the Old Testament Hebrew, 
That word fearfully means to cause astonishment and awe. So when God made you, he went, wow. Amen? He was like in awe. He was like, wow. When he made us, he was in awe. He was in awe of you. He's the only one who knows us inside and out because he made us. He wants us to say the same thing about ourselves. He, wanna, he wants us to look in the mirror and say, wow, look what God created. Not based on our appearance, not based on um, how we dress or the way we look or anything like that, but it's based on who our creator is. Amen. Amen. The Bible says we're his workmanship. Amen. If you saw, if you saw a beautiful painting or a project or a, whatever it is, and, uh, and you saw the artist, would you say, oh man, that looks terrible. Ugh, why'd you paint that? Probably not. Well, God made us, right? And he made us fearfully and wonderfully. And He went when he made us, he said, wow, that's a great... When the Lord saw us, he was like, this is very good. Amen. So sometimes we see ourselves in the mirror and we're like, ugh. Right? <laughs> sometimes we're not very happy with ourselves. Sometimes uh, we don't respect ourselves. But well, the Bible says that we should because God made us. If we're saying that we don't like who we are and what he's called us to be, then we're saying we don't like what you did, God. You made a mistake on me. I'm not qualified to do this. I'm not qualified to teach. I'm not qualified to go witness or to be a teacher or to do all these things. But God's saying, no, I formed you and I knew you before you were even born. Amen. Amen. He knew us and he, and he wants us to use what he's given us for his kingdom. Amen. And he has given it to us. Amen. We didn't just come up with it like, wow, I, I, did, I did really good, so that's why I have this skill. Yeah, we can cultivate our skills, but God ultimately gave us the skills that we have, that we use in our life. Amen. Amen. Whatever it is, a lot of us have multiple skills. But he, he gave those to us so that we could have a positive impact for Jesus on this earth. Amen. Doesn't matter who we are or what we look like, we want to look at ourselves as God sees us, which is awesome. One thing they asked the Brookings youth in a survey was if they thought of themselves positively, had positive self-esteem. Only one in, kid, one in three kids said they have positive self-esteem about themselves. So 60, 67% of kids... Um, have a negative view of who they are. Six, yeah, 65. 65 of high schoolers had a low self-esteem, which means they didn't think highly of themselves. Amen. And one thing I want to just get across today is, again, nobody can show you who your identity is except for Jesus. Amen. So, especially in schools, you have friend groups, you have cliques, you have people that are mean, we all went through high school, right? We all went through middle school. And uh, one thing that happens, and I'm sure it happened to a lot of you, happened to me. You get, um, you identified as something, as uh, a jock or, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date some of the younger ones back there, a dweeb, right? You get labeled as something, and so you feel like you're supposed to fit that label, in life, you know, I, that's why I came to South Dakota State. I was, I was labeled, you know, as, as uh, not popular in different things in school. And I came to South Dakota State because nobody else was going there for my school. 
I wanted to get out from under that label. Amen. But when I realized that, oh, okay, it doesn't matter what people think about me, because I know that I'm God's child, and if I'm living for him, then I'm not doing anything wrong, then it was, it was so freeing just to be like, okay, I can be myself, I guess. I don't have to try to fit in with a crowd. I don't have to try to do things. And for me, Firestarter was such a beneficial thing because I had other kids that, that uh, believed how I believed. They loved Jesus like I loved Jesus. Amen. And so don't let somebody try to pigeonhole you into what you should be. Some of us at our jobs, um, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's uh, uh, employees and, and uh, as far as there's different uh, groups or cliques or different things like that at your job, don't get pigeonholed into what your employer or employees or your, your peers think you should be. Amen. Amen. Study the Word of God and find out what God says about you. Amen. So the next part of the verse in Genesis, go back to Genesis uh, 1 here, says, let us make man, yeah, sorry, let us make man our image according to our likeness, and not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. So God made us, but then he made us in his image. He made us according to and in his likeness. Amen. That means he didn't just throw us together in some haphazard manner. He didn't look at the cow and say, you know, I think I'm going to make him like the cow. No, what did he do? He made us in his image, in his likeness. Right. That's how important we are to him. So when we say you have kids saying that, you know, or anybody, people, I mean, I, I looked at statistics not just for the youth, but for just, just statistics of adults and identity, and uh, it's affecting everybody. Amen. But if somebody was created a boy, and they don't want to be a boy, um, then we're saying that, well, God made a mistake. No, God created us to be somebody and to have a purpose as a male or a female. Amen. And, and the Bible said that he created them male and female, right? And all it is, and it's not, a, it's not a warrant to judge people and to say, well, you shouldn't be doing that. No, it's a, it's a warrant to love people. Amen? <laughs> when, we, when people feel pigeonholed in a certain group or in a certain, a certain way, and, and we come and we say, knock it off, you shouldn't be feeling like that. Well, what does that do? It just alienates people away from what the truth is. But when we say... No, he has, God has, Jesus has a plan for your life. He has a better plan. He wants you to embrace who you are. Amen. Amen. Whatever it is. He wants you to embrace it. And he wants you to live out and fill out the purpose that he has for you. Amen. Then what does it do? It encourages. Amen. It's like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can do that. Jeff Mann, a pastor uh, from Huron, I think Huron, um, James Valley, James River Church, he said uh, he, he met somebody who was, uh, um, he was, uh, you know, a, a boy, wanted to be a girl. And um, he just showed him love, invited him to church. He, he just continued just to show him love. And this kid started to see who his identity was. He's like, oh, wait, no, I can. I guess I, guess I am good with, with what I am biologically. 
So when we love people, amen, when we love people in any situation, in any circumstance, whatever they're feeling, it's going to raise their self-esteem. It's going to raise how they see themselves, amen. And that's the thing about an identity crisis. When we, when we don't like who we are, we want to be somebody else, right? And that's why when we, when we are the gospel to somebody, when we preach the gospel to somebody, when we're nice to people, then they can start to see the truth of what God has called us to be. Amen. Hallelujah. So we want to be content with who the creator of the universe created us to be. You aren't a mistake. He didn't mess up because he took his time. Amen. Again, I'm going to use the illustration. If you see a beautiful work of art, um, it wasn't just thrown together. It took hours to do. Right? There's no mistakes. There's no blemishes on it. When God made us, he took his time. Amen. Psalm 139.13 <clears throat> says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my, mother's loom, in my mother's womb. Have you ever knitted or crocheted? How long does it take to make a sweater? A long time? <laughs> the stitches aren't made at the same time, is it? Like, you can't, just, you can't just make one stitch and the whole sweater appears. No, it's made one stitch at a time. I used to crochet. My, grand, my great-grandma taught me how to crochet. I don't know how to do it anymore. But uh, it takes a long time. So we were made carefully. You know, he, he took his time on us. He made us little by little so he could, he could be, we could be perfect to him. Amen. And just like the Godhead, again, he made us in his image and likeness, just like the Godhead is three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we are three in one. We are a spirit. Amen. The Bible says that God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. We have a soul. Amen. We have a conscience and we live in a body. So we're made in his image. We're made also according to his likeness. But it's not a physical likeness as, as Genesis said. The Amplified call it a spiritual personality and a moral likeness. That means everyone is created to worship the Lord and live righteously for Him. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Our lives aren't our own. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, uh, it says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. So how we see ourselves, how we treat ourselves is important. Be careful how you treat yourself. Amen. Be careful what you want to change about yourself. Right? means we want to think about what we are putting into our body. So food and drink. We want to think about um, what we are doing with our body, so purity as opposed to any sexual immorality, and what's our coming out of our mouth when we speak and what we think. Those are the things that when we, when we guide those things and we, when, we, when we put those things um, and we do what God wants us to do and he's called us to do with our body, amen, um, it allows us to live freely, doesn't it? It allows us to live freely. Some people think, that just because I can do whatever I want, that means I'm free. Well, no, actually, the opposite's true. Amen. Paul says that 
that because of grace, can I just go and keep sinning? Well, certainly not. Amen. Why? Because we're not our own property. Amen. We are identify again, we identify with our master, with the master, the creator of the universe, who is Jesus, who is God. Amen. We're also created with the character of God. So when we realize our true nature is a God nature, then we know we can be how Jesus was. Amen. That we can do these things that Jesus did. Don't hear me wrong. If we aren't, we aren't God. We can be like God, but we aren't God. Don't hear me, hear me wrong like that. But we can carry ourselves like Jesus carried himself. Amen. We can have compassion like Jesus had compassion. Amen. We can have peace the way Jesus had peace. Amen. Right? God is love. We can be loved too. We can be loved to somebody. We can be loved to the people that we communicate with. Amen. And being loved just means being patient, means being kind. You know, Corinthians 13. When we're loved, those are the things that we are. We can have all the fruits of the Spirit. We can have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And the Bible says there's no laws against that. There's, no, there's nothing that can, you know, it's like, well, I don't want to break the law by being, well, you're not going to break the law by being Jesus. Amen. Amen. If someone wants to argue morals with you, the Bible says that the fruits of the Spirit, there's no law against them. The two commandments to follow about loving our neighbor as ourselves, loving God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, it says we hang all the laws and the prophets on those things. Amen. So he's called us to do that. That's his will for our life, to do those things. Amen. We're having a conversation just this morning about uh, where morals came from. Peter and I are having a conversation. Roger as well. Just where did morals come from? And, and people that don't believe in Jesus, there's really no way to say, well, this is why we have the laws that we have or the morals that we have. Well, no, if we're made in the character of God and we have the immoral integrity of God, well, that's where we get our moral fiber, right? That's where we get um, our moral compass. Amen. Because, you know, there's things that, that we see or that we do that we're like, oh, that was wrong. Even though there's maybe not a law against it, laws more and more in the world are becoming, I mean, to preach the gospel in India, it's, it's against the law, it's illegal, right? But what does God's law say? It's the moral law that we all live by, the moral code that we all live by. Well, that comes from God. Also, all throughout the word, you see these attributes of the Lord are supposed to be mirrored by us. Again, we're made in his image according to his likeness. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 says, Imitate me, just as I imitate Christ. Amen. It's easy to believe, think sometimes that, wow, that was, that was Jesus. Like, he did all those things. We can't even compare. Well, yeah, we're not going to compare to the sinless one who died on the cross for our sins, but we can imitate him, right? We want to imitate Jesus, imitate the things that he did in our own lives. We always... You know, no matter what your intentions are, Pastor Dave always talks about you know, watch people's feet, where are, they, where are they heading, watch the fruit that comes out of people, right? People are doing that to us, right? And I tell you what, you know, as a Christian, the things that we do are much more in, of interest to the world than things that the world does. Amen? Whenever there's a scandal in the church, it's all over the media. If there's a scandal at a bar, 
Not a big deal. Right? Now, I'm, I'm not saying that it's not fair. The Bible does say that um, who much is given, much is required. It talks about the responsibility that we have, right, um, as Christians to be a light. Amen. As a pastor, you know, I'm responsible for myself and my family. The Bible also talks about shepherding the church. You know, now, in this church, it's Pastor Dave, right? Pastor as our, Dave as our senior pastor. Um, but if, if I teach something or he teaches something or anybody that has any type of teaching here at the church says something that goes against and contrary to the Word of God, then we're responsible for that, right? Right? Paul says, you know, in, in the Word, he says, all things are, are lawful for me to do, but not all things are right. Amen. Um, you know, if I even, if I go to a, a casino to eat, well, is that bad? No. But if somebody sees me like, ooh, Pastor Randon was throwing down big bucks at the casino today. Well, yeah, maybe the eleven ninety nine shrimp dinner. But it, it looks bad, doesn't it? So, yeah, it's lawful for me to do it, but should I do it? Probably not. Amen. When we start to think about other people and we start to think about, I've, I've talked about it a little bit uh, last time I, I spoke. I want to talk about it more, but being a stumbling block to others. Um, we have a responsibility not to do that, right? We have a responsibility to live righteously. Even things that were like, well, this, it wouldn't be wrong for me to do this. Um, but we have a responsibility to make good choices, right? As Christians. We're accountable to that. <laughs> so imitate me as I imitate Christ. Well, how do we do that? Because we're made in his image and his likeness. 1 Corinthians 2.16 For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Jesus lives on the inside of us, so we can have his mind. We can have the mind of Christ. The Bible says, how do we renew our mind? I've shared <laughs> months on this. Hopefully most of you are here. About renewing our mind through the word. Amen. Amen. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind, that metamorphosis that she talked about. To completely change. Amen. That's how we have the mind of Christ, renewing it through the word. It's a cop-out to say that a specific addiction or illness runs in my family, so it's going to happen to me. Right? It's an easy way out. It's something that, well, everybody says it. No, we want to renew our mind. Do something about it. Who says that it has to happen to you? Who says you have to have diabetes? Amen. Who says that addictions have to um, continue on with you? Who says that divorce has to continue on with your family? The devil. The devil says that. What does God say? God says we can renew our mind. Amen. And instead of having generational curses on our life, pronouncing generational blessings. Amen declaring things throughout the day of ourselves that we start to believe. Amen. I am a child of God. I'm a child of God. I messed up. I'm a child of God. And we're going to, as, as we say it, we continue to put it in our heart, and then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. It's a circle. So we want to renew our mind through the Word and understand our identity comes from Jesus. You've been given the authority to break the family curse or addiction or whatever it is. You've been given the authority to not touch alcohol anymore. Amen. Amen. Deb talked a while ago about having a victim mentality. 
We want to have a victor's mentality. Amen. So many times when we say, when we give in to what our flesh wants us to do, we're having that victim mentality because it's like, oh, I'm just at the whim of the flesh. I, I can't control it. Um, what was me? No, we have, a, we have a, you know, a guide, amen, that says, no, just renew your mind through the word. Not that you're going to be perfect. Not that um, we aren't going to ask, have to ask for forgiveness because we all do. But we can make steps towards living righteously for the Lord. Amen? Have a victor's mentality and come out victorious in life. That's who we were created to be. That's where our identity lies. Amen? Life is a battle. We have the armor of God. You know, in a battle, a soldier would have a crest or a shield that would identify what side they belong to of the battle. Well, we have, we have a crest, amen. We have a shield of faith that identifies us. Where, what, what side of the battle do we belong to? Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want you all to stand up with me real quick. <clears throat> now, I don't know... What's going on in everybody's life here? Um, but I just want to say, if you, if you are one of those people having an identity crisis, if if um, if you are struggling with an addiction, or if you, um, when somebody asks you who you are, if Christian is way down on your list, all right, and everybody's going to think about this, but but really, we're going to go through just some short declarations this morning. Okay, but really internalize this, and it's not just we're not just saying it, right? But we're actually these are these are truths of the Bible. These are things that we can say. No, this is actually this is actually happening. This is true. All right, so I want you to repeat after me. Say, I am blessed of God. I am chosen according to His purpose. I am redeemed from all the sin in the past. I am forgiven for everything that I've done. I've been adopted into the family of the Lord. I am sealed with the Holy Spirit. I am loved by Jesus. I am saved. I am a child of the Most High God. Amen. Father, we just thank you this morning. We just pray, Lord, that you continue to show us who we are in you. We thank you that you continue to show us our worth. Lord, if anybody's feeling worthless today, Lord, you said that we are of great worth, that we are of great value to you. If anybody's feeling lonely, Lord, that you come right beside us. When we draw near to you, you draw near to us. That you call us uh, even more than a friend. You call us a brother. You call us a sister. Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you that today, Lord, that we can go home and we can know who we are in you. That we can put our identity in you first, Jesus. We thank you for opportunities to, uh, to show our new identity in you. Lord, even if, if maybe there's some in here that are really comfortable and confident who their identity is with you, Jesus. But I thank you that, that those that aren't, Lord, that even right now, starting right now, that you're continuing to work with them, that they have an encounter with you, Lord, that they show that you show them exactly, exactly who they are. 
Hallelujah. That they are precious. That they are special. That you love them so much. You love us as a group, but you love us all individually. So, Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for this word that you've given us this morning. I just pray a blessing on everybody here. I thank you that uh, as they go about their day, there's, there's just little things that they see that they can attribute to you today, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory and honor tonight, this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap off in this morning. Hallelujah. He has good plans for you. Amen. He has good things in store. Hallelujah. Well, you are dismissed. Come on out tonight. Amen. We have Isaac teaching tonight at 630 and that'll be great. So have a great rest of your week. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.